welcome back to my podcast. I'm Jordan and today I'm with my small group leader Alex Sutherland. She is a wife and a mom and she works in sales for a catering company. (laughs) company. (laughs) Okay, I'm asking her six questions today. What was the best piece of advice you've ever received? So the best piece of advice that I've ever received actually came from my mentor um, through high school and college. Um, She once told me, don't should on yourself. S-H-O-U-L-D, should. So when she said that, she meant I was just kind of going through a season where I was struggling a lot and I really had all these expectations on myself. And as a believer, I felt like I was supposed to be... um, further along in my faith, or I shouldn't be struggling with these things, or I shouldn't have these doubts. And so she kind of came back as don't should on yourself. So ultimately, like her advice was be where you're at with the Lord, be where you're at with your friends, like don't try and clean yourself up to come to church or come to the Lord, but just, just own where your where your life is at, own where you're feeling and move on from there. So that's been really good. It's just kind of kept me honest about where I'm at with God, um, with my husband, with my friends. So that would be my best piece of advice. I love that because I think that makes you a lot more genuine around people, a lot more open. I love that. Okay, the second question is, when did you get to know God? What was your childhood like? And what is your testimony Okay, so I'm going to give you a bird's eye view. Um, I came to know the Lord in high school. I was a sophomore, early so- early my sophomore year in high school. Uh, I did not grow up in a super Christian home. My family did not follow the Lord. Um, you know, we went to church every once in a while, but I definitely didn't understand the gospel until um, the so- my sophomore year of high school. I definitely was searching for... Um, a place and love and all of the wrong things. So a huge part of my testimony is just um, seeking all of that in boys and in friends and um, continuously being burned because ultimately those people could not fill the God-shaped hole in my heart. And so um, I think that's kind of a bird's eye view, but I definitely... You know, I came to know the Lord my sophomore year, and it was kind of a 180 for me. I, you know, I finally was able to see all of these things that I had been trying to fill myself with were never going to be enough. And that's because I was created um, to find my worth and ultimate satisfaction in Jesus. So that's my, you know, bird's eye view testimony. That was so well said. I I think I've heard your testimony a few years ago in small group, but just explaining it again, that's crazy. I grew up in a Christian home, and I knew Christ my whole life, but I think it's really cool to see someone who, like, transformed at an older age than me, and just to see God work and move in that way, that's amazing. Um, Okay, next question... Advice on dating, red flags, and green flags to look out for, and how do you know he's husband material? (laughs) Well, I will say most of the people you date in the next couple of years are not going to be husband material. That's why most people don't get married at (laughs) 17, 18 years old. 
Um, but I do think that dating in the right context with the right boundaries is a healthy, good thing. It teaches you a lot about life. Um, but as far as red flags go, I would say, um, the way that he interacts with his family and with his friends is a really big thing. Um, I do believe in breaking, um, what's the word I'm looking for? breaking generational habits and things like that. And so I don't think that he has to come from a perfect home. I didn't come from a perfect home. Um, but I do think honoring your parents and, um, you know, treating your friends with respect and things like that. I think, um, being outwardly a believer, I think there's a big difference in saying, Oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but your life doesn't reflect it versus like being a man who walks with the Lord and walks with conviction, um, walks with accountability so that there's never a question of like, is he a Christian? Isn't he a Christian? Like people should know, people should know by looking at this dude that he loves Jesus and he's not ashamed of that. Um, so I'd say like red flags would, yeah, be a guy who's kind of keeping his faith on the DL, um, do kids still say DL? I think so. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Didn't want to age myself there. Um, and then also, <laughs> also someone who's, um, stringing you along, not being super upfront and intentional about the relationship that he wants, um, is a huge thing. Like he should want to tell everybody that you're his girlfriend. Like he should be proud to introduce you to his family. He should be excited to take you on dates and like shouldn't be irritated by you like wanting to be like seen with him, if that makes sense. Like he should be proud that you are his girlfriend or a girl that he's pursuing. Um, so I think that's a big thing. Um, green flags. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of going back and forth this whole time between red and green. That's okay. Great. <laughs> I'm not good at following guidelines. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that kind of goes along with it, but like, you know, the Lord really truly should be evident in his life. You should be, um, getting more of Jesus through your relationship with him. So I don't know that that's going to look different everywhere. I think there is something to say about not having him be your accountability. Like he shouldn't know all of your deepest sin struggles. That's why God gives you the girls in your small group and leaders and things like that. Like those are the people who you're called to walk with until you're married, in my opinion. Um, but like, you know, you guys should talk about Jesus and like God should be the glue that holds you guys together. And like, obviously you should be doing fun things like going on dates and hanging out with friends and all of those things. But at the end of the day, the goal of your relationship should be to glorify Jesus and to make his name known. At the end of the day, the priority of your relationship should be to make Jesus known. That's amazing. All right. Fourth question. What is your opinion on social media? Do you think it is a negative or positive part of daily life? And how do we pursue Christ boldly in the age of a social media-centered world? It's a good one. It's a good question. It's fully loaded. Um, So what is my opinion on social media? I think... It's such a double-edged sword Um, being especially where I'm at in life and like you're going to be going off to college soon. It's a huge blessing to be able to keep up with friends 
um, to, you know, see what they're doing on a daily basis to be able to check in with them. Like, I'm so grateful for that aspect of social media because it's allowed me to stay closer with a lot of my friends that maybe I'm not texting on a daily basis or calling or whatever. Um, so I am grateful for that. However, I do think that social media has a super addictive quality to it. Um, I think it can suck a lot of time out of your day that can be used for a lot more beneficial things. So I don't know. I mean, I think it really has to do with your intentions. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're getting on social media to check and see what people are doing and see why you weren't invited to things or something like that. I think that's definitely, um, not getting you more of Jesus. I think it goes back to in anything that you're doing, the question should always be, does this get me more or less of Jesus? And so, um, it's who you're following. Are you following a bunch of influencers that are making you less satisfied with your life because you can't afford the clothes that they wear or, um, you know, you, are comparing your bodies or something like that? Or are you following accounts that are encouraging you in your faith? Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, you can't have a little mix of some cute accounts that help you keep your clothes stylish or whatever, but like it all goes back to your intentions. How does this, how does this change your heart? Does, does your heart turn towards Jesus when you open that app or does it turn away from Jesus? Um, So I don't know. And I think that that can change on a daily basis. You know, I think some mornings I wake up and I'm like, okay, I want to check in with a couple people, see, you know, see what my best friend's baby's doing today or whatever. And then I'm going to log off or I want to share that my daughter just took her first steps and whatever. Um, And some days I'm like, oh, I want to like avoid this work that I need to do. And so I'm just going to open the social media and mindlessly scroll for the next hour. It just kind of depends on where you're at, I think you talked about it definitely depends on who you're following like influencers literally the job description is they are influencing your life Mm -hmm. and every time you view a page of an influencer or just in your feed subconsciously you're really getting a lot of information that you don't even know that you're obtaining and like the back files of your brain so I think that's a huge thing who you're Mm -hmm. following yeah but I do want to answer the second part of that question though Um, so you asked, how do we boldly pursue Christ in the age of social media? Man, I think that's a big part of it. So are you portraying this picture perfect version of your life on Instagram that, um, you know, shows all of the most ideal parts of you and doesn't show any of like what, where you're really at? Are you boldly I can't talk. Are you boldly (laughs) proclaiming Jesus when you're on Instagram or do people look at your account and have no idea that you're a follower of Christ? I think that's another really big thing. Like in, in all of these, in all of the things that you put your name on and put your stamp on, like those are all, um, parts of your testimony, essentially. Like they are, like they are showing others what your identity is. And so if you're not taking the opportunity, and I'm definitely preaching to myself here because I don't think that I talk about Jesus enough on social media, but like, like bring him into that. Like, you know, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at on that. No, I I definitely agree. Like bringing him in. And 
I mean, every person has a platform. Like, we're all in communities. We all, if you have one follower, you are influencing that one person. So it's really important to, like, really soak that in that, like, how many ever followers you have. You don't have to have a thousand followers. You don't have to have 200 followers. I mean, you literally just have to have one to tell them about Jesus. And that makes a ton of impact on their life. Mm -hmm. All right. That was a great question. I really liked that. Okay. The next one is tell us about your job. How did you choose your career? And did you want to go into that field at a young age or did the opportunity present itself later in life? Yeah, so I am the director of sales for a catering company called Vestal's Catering in Dallas. Um, I did not always know that I wanted to go into that field. It kind of, um, it presented itself through, I was working part-time as a wedding coordinator. And at one of these weddings, I met the the owner of Vestal's Catering and um, just kind of liked his vision and the vibe of the company and where it was going. It was a pretty small company at the time. And I loved the idea of getting to come on board early on. Um, and just, you know, in small businesses, you have so much more opportunity to make an impact. So I was excited about that. Um, the owner of the company is also a believer and I was So I was coming from a place where I full-time did not have any sort of community at work. And that was hard for me just with where I was at in life. Um, So anyway, that that kind of is how I landed here. I've had the opportunity to uh, grow in a lot of different ways and stretch and be challenged, which I'm grateful for. Um, But yeah, I love it. That reminds me as a high schooler, like I have a couple ideas of what I want to go into, but I definitely don't have it figured out Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that God will guide you if you're confused about Mm -hmm. it. And even if you go into something that maybe not the best path for you, he'll guide you back into something that you would have a passion for later in life. Absolutely. I mean... I think I changed my major three times in college. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to be in high school. I was just like, I just like want to do something that's fun. I don't know. So, yes, don't take college so seriously. You will all change your majors, and you'll find where you fit. <laughs> I love that. Okay, last question. And then I'm just going to leave it open to you if you want to say anything else, because <laughs> you're my first guest. Okay, as my small group leader, why do you believe being involved in a church is necessary as a disciple of Christ? This is like my favorite question. I'm so excited to answer this one. Um, so obviously, like it's biblical, like we are called to be involved in our church. Um, and so, like, I think in America, especially church is such a... Sundays, you go to church, and then you do your life for the next six days, and then you come back on Sunday morning. Um, But, like, literally the great commandment is to go out and make disciples. And so to have the opportunity to find a great church and plug in and not just be on the receiving end. So, you know, I think it's really tempting to go to church, pick apart the sermon, you know, be critical of worship and all these things and... Um, you know, just have this like me, me, me mentality about church because we have that mentality about so many things in life. Um, 
But, like, getting to dive deep into a church and find a place to serve, like, it's it's a gift in a hundred different ways. Um, I mean, I'm grateful because now as a mom, my daughter's growing up knowing that church isn't just a Sunday morning thing. Like, it's you, – you spend your time, you develop um, – I don't know if develop is the right word, but you, you commit yourself to your church. You, you want to live out Jesus. And so, I don't know, I'm very passionate about being involved in your church. Um, it, it fills me up because I feel like I experience Jesus in different ways when I'm serving than when I'm being served. Um, but it's also such a cool way and a humbling way to see Jesus move, um, through me in a sense of it's nothing that I've done. It's nothing that I could do, but it's just being a vessel for God. Okay. So this is a question kind of similar to the last one I asked, but, um, as a high schooler, um, a lot of my friends and I are worried about what church we would want to join, like going to college and how that transition's going to work. Cause I've been going to the same church for, 13 years, so it's just going to be a transition. But what was that like for you going out of high school into college and finding a church that was like right for you? Yeah, that's a good question. And I remember being super anxious about that too. So I went to a school that actually had a whole like camp basically for Christians going to that school. And so at that, it kind of had like an open house of different churches. So I got to meet a lot of people there. But I will be honest, my first year in college, I definitely hopped around. I went to a couple of different churches and just, it was a struggle. Like I won't be, I I won't lie. Like I really struggled because I loved my church so much back home. And uh, I constantly was just comparing everything to that church. The worship isn't as good. The pastor doesn't preach as well, you know, all of these random things. Um, and so I guess that kind of goes back to the last question where I said, you know, our job as believers isn't to nitpick the church. It's to like honor Christ, pick a church and like settle into it and find a place to serve. Um, but all that to be said, I think it's good to give yourself a little bit of grace, but also give yourself a deadline. So maybe you say first semester, I'm going to try out a couple of churches and I'm, I'm going to give myself, you know, until November in November, I'm going to pick a church and I'm going to put roots in and I'm going to find a place to serve and I'm going to join a small group. Um, I don't even, I mean, I almost feel like that's too long just because your freshman year is probably going to be hard. You're away from all of the community that you've known. You're away from your family. You have all these new responsibilities. You have to get your own groceries, all of these things that you're not used to doing on your own. Um, And it's just that much harder when you're not plugged in and you don't have community. So just kind of decide what's realistic to you and stay firm on that timeline. And then once you do decide to plug into a church, make yourself stay there for a full semester, go to a small group, find a place to serve. And then if after a full semester, you don't really feel like it's the right fit, then maybe you can explore another option. But I feel like really God honors that timing. Like he honors your heart and your desire to be in community and to serve him. And so be prayerful, seek you know, seek the Holy Spirit and ask him to show you where you need to be. 
Um, and I believe that God's going to honor that. It's so interesting hearing that coming from you since I literally have no idea what that's going to look like for me, but it's community is so important and finding the right church is just vital. Mm-hmm. I think, um, thank you so much for joining me. It's been amazing. You're amazing. I'm so thankful to have a good small group leaders. I will link Alex's Instagram in the podcast <laughs> episode so you can see her cute, cute, cute little baby girl (laughs) and yeah thank you so much of course Um, thanks for having me (laughs) okay have a good week i love you bye